Hi everyone, today is March 10th, 2018, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And guess what? It's our 52nd episode, which means we've been doing this for one year. Yeah, kind of. Mostly. Yeah, f- 51 episodes, but, you know, we'll, we'll just say 52. <laughs> <laughs> it's 52 weeks. 52 weeks. And we, yeah. did, we did one uh, text only. Yep. Whoops. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot been going on in Dual World this week. Mostly some PvE events. Um, Cyrus, the new uh, Dual Tower. Uh, a lot of the new cards were released as well. And, you know, the same the same new decks are still around in Dual Links, and the meta is a bit in flux, and the decks are adapting a bit too. We're seeing some new innovations in the deck, so it's definitely a very exciting time to play Ranked PvP. Um, <laughs> so, Deck Tech, what have you been doing during the anniversary week? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that that this is an exciting time to play PvP because, unfortunately, I have not had a ton of time to play PvP. Um, last time, I was at, like, 12 PvP wins, and I think now I'm at, like, 14 or 15. <laughs> so, uh, I haven't played a ton. I've played a little bit, but one of the things that I did do is that I finally managed to steal a Glad Beast's tag out, which has resulted in me needing to make a small correction to last week. I said that when you um, steal a Glad Beast with your econ and then take take the tag out by either attacking with it or you steal it after it has attacked, um, then what happens is their card goes into your deck and your glad beast comes out. You you get the tag out. And I should have known that was incorrect. Um, what actually happens is their card goes into their deck, and then you get your card comes out. So it still works very similarly. Um, it's probably going to have a, a pretty similar effect most of the time, but they can still go get that glad beast back um, in future tag outs uh, or draw it or, or whatever. And the distinction there, of course, is because uh, this game... Uh, Duel Links is based on the IRL Yu-Gi-Oh! And IRL games really don't like it when you shuffle other people's cards into your deck because then people tend to get cards stolen or just accidentally taken. Um, Had this been like a a digital-only game like Hearthstone, then it probably would have shuffled their Glad Beast into your deck because then that wouldn't be an issue. But uh, anyway, that's that correction. I'll make a distinction here. When you steal a card in, in Duel Links... You know which one it is because the card sleeve is your card sleeve. Like, you could see it in their hand. Like, when there's, like, mm-hmm. a exchange or something. But let's say you're playing Hearthstone, Potion of Madness into your two-mana guy attack, steal your Death Rattle, whatever. It Like, the, the card back becomes your card back instead of your opponent's. So that's what, that's what the difference is. <laughs> yeah, I guess the computer just keeps track of all of that since you don't have to worry about people... Uh taking each other's cards and stuff. So anyway, um, that's kind of the short where I'm at and the slightly longer uh, correction to last week. What about you? Yeah. um, Similarly, I did not play much in the tail half of the week. Uh, I played more in the beginning of the week. Got to Legend 3 with... um, I went back to Golden Flying Fish um, after like two days (laughs) because I saw people getting King of Games with it and I... I had put the deck down because I thought it had not. It was unable to get King of Games, but apparently it is. So I got the Legend three early in the week, 
and I've just been busy, so I haven't played much then. But I should get to King of Games. Like it, it's an embarrassment if I got to Legend three in the first week, and then I just spent three weeks doing nothing. So I should get to King of Games eventually. <laughs> um, yeah. Since everyone's playing the deck now, um, I'm playing an aggro version, and basically the aggro version cuts one Oystermeister and one fish for uh, Atlantean Attack Squad. And mm. it's tricky because the card is good. It lets you... It's really aggressive, and it lets you hit harder, basically. And it's a better comeback card because you could get, like, a 2400 attack guy for free, basically. Um, the problem is it's not a fish, so it has less of the synergy with the Golden Flying Fish and Fish Depth Charge. So... It's less on the combo, but it kind of does make up for it for being a really strong card. Mm. And uh, how many games have you played with that version? How are you liking it? Well, I'm like at 40 right now, I think. I got the SR ticket, I know. Um, mm. And I just know how to play the Golden Flying Fish deck, and it definitely feels better having the comeback mechanism or just straight out winning the game on turn 3. Sometimes that happens when they have no back yeah. row. Yeah. Nice. All right, so finally we are going to talk about one-year anniversary of the podcast. This is the only time we'll ever be able to talk about it because the time is dependent and can't go back in time. So one year, we've been doing a podcast for one year. It, it kind of shows that anyone can do a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. I like that, though. That's that's a sweet self-burn. Um yeah, it's definitely true that anyone can jump in and do it. Um, takes a couple microphones and Skype is the easy way, and then you have to deal with a lot more of the trouble of posting and stuff. Yeah, that but... was that was the learning. That that part took a while, honestly, just to learn how to do it, and that's pretty much all the work that comes into it is just learning how to do it. And thankfully, we've been do- we've been doing it in cost effective means, and that took a lot a lot of research to do as well. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice. Um, we've, you know, anyone can do it if you stick to it and yep. you're willing to put in the, the work of, because obviously it takes a, a good amount of time to set up a whole show uh, every week and to put in that initial work to learn how to do it and all of that. So it's been nice. Um, you also have to have a nice partner if you're going to do it with a partner. If you're going to do it on your own, then you have to like yourself, I guess. I don't know if you, you have to make your own persona. Like, you, you be a different character type deal. You think uh, all solo people have to be a different character? or They split personalities during the show. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was about to say, is this not you? Because I've been, I've just been myself this whole time. Yeah, I've been, I've been myself. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, doing a podcast is cool gives meaning it's something to do um some jobs actually are about managing podcasts um so it's definitely a skill you can put on linkedin um <laughs> yeah, there you go yeah it also can help keep your attention in a game that right. um you maybe like want to like and want to be a part of but maybe you're going through a bit of a slump or the game is um, or for whatever other reason, it's just kind of hard for you to, to stick with it. Uh, but it's nice because it keeps you from falling behind because you're like, oh, well, I have this obligation to the listeners every week to talk a little bit about what's going on. And so I have to, at the very least, you know, be aware of what's going on in the yeah. game. 
and um, it's in some ways that could sound like a chore but it's a more I kind of see it as a positive because it keeps me engaged when otherwise uh, other things might get in the way yeah, and I personally when I started the game I didn't think I could hit King of Games just because I never hit the highest level in a game uh, in Hearthstone I never hit the highest level uh, other games as well I just never hit the highest level and um, I guess doing the podcast did help me pay attention and become a King of Games player um, so that definitely did help that yeah, for sure. So we've got a couple, like, uh, thank yous and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so first of all, we'd like to thank everyone, past and present, on Twitter, on YouTube, anyone who has talked to us, thank you very much. Um, thanks to Grand Harrier, he's a fixture of the Duelings Twitch community, for supporting us. Thank you very much. Um, we've got a nice comment on YouTube from Shadow of I 69 uh, heyo, new subscriber here. I just started the game last month and have since listened to every episode you guys have put out. You guys really helped me get started in this game, so I want to say thanks. So thanks for that nice comment. It made our days. Um, it, I definitely forget that we are kind of touching out to new players sometimes, and sometimes I would have to watch my language and, and you know, assuming people uh, know the highest level of play, but it's definitely good to know that we can reach to the beginner audiences as well yeah and like you said it really does make our days you know we love to see those things we love to hear that people are enjoying um the the product of the work that we're putting in and that we're helping people uh get better and get into the game because that's you know we love to grow the community and all of that so um thanks for that comment and thanks to everyone else who's left us comments and um and sent us like you said things on twitter and um, and iTunes reviews, just kind of the segue into the next thank you. Yeah, so thanks to help from our listeners. We're, we're officially listed as five stars. Um, it needed a certain number of ratings to get there, uh, so we're finally there. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, if you can take a moment, please give us a rating on whatever platform you listen to us on. Um, it could be an honest rating. We, we love feedback, so it doesn't have to be five stars. You could just give us whatever um yeah hopefully like five stars though yeah, hopefully, like hopefully. mostly mostly five stars mostly. um one of the podcasts i listen to they every right <laughs> every yeah. week they have a little uh uh fight at the end where one of the hosts says like rate honestly and the other host says no five stars only hashtag five stars only and then um anyway rate you can rate honestly but if there's a big issue where it would give us a low rating, why don't you reach out to us instead and uh, and help us fix it and then give us a good rating later? How's about that's that? Good, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, big big news item here. We're, we're unveiling a new logo for the podcast. Um, this is something we talked about a long time ago, but we never did. <laughs> or we started it and then we stopped. Um, but thanks to knowing a little bit of GIMP, which is a free... Uh, like a bootleg photoshop but um you know we, we made the logo so it's going to be uploaded by the time you listen to this to wherever you listen to us and interact with us online yeah it's our one year anniversary gift to ourselves um it's funny that you were using gimp because i was using an even gimpier thing to paint. try to like when i was doing i was doing paint yeah, yeah. <laughs> paint and uh and powerpoint were my means of doing this <laughs> Got some NA uh, 
photo editing here. And there was that drawing of that Karibo you made way back. Yeah, the, the sad Karibo. <laughs> but you're actually really good at drawing, though, right? Uh, well, that's a weird way to phrase it. I think I'm pretty good. Um, I don't want to like toot my own horn. I'm definitely not a professional. Uh, I'm not sure if I were to post my drawings on Reddit, if it would get like the upvote wows or if it would get the uh, trolls and stuff making fun of it. I think I'm right on that that line where uh, it's unclear if people would be impressed or not. But I, I like to doodle. Yeah. So a new logo is going to be up. And the new logo features the tour guide from the Underworld. And we're going to say why she's OP right here. So... She is the fixture of the dual school for some reason. I don't know why she was chosen. I guess I guess her reputation in the trading card game made her to be a known quantity. But she is OP and she's limited to one in the TCG because she's a three-star, 1,600 fiend. And when she's summoned to the board, you can bring another level three fiend to the board. And then you XYZ summon them into this monster, XYZ monster that requires two level threes. And sometimes it's a pretty good one. So that's why she's OP. Ramp card. There you go. Um, I think she's just the guide. Like, they're using her title to uh, symbolize what she is. You know, she's the guide to the game. She kind of teaches you how to play. She introduces a lot of the events and stuff. And uh, that's why I think it makes sense for her to be part of our logo, too. Because we are guides to the game as well, kind of. So... And it's funny it's the underworld because there's like this thing going on about video games being bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this game's the underworld. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, but she's our logo. Uh, she fit well. Her hand motions were good. Um, fit well with the logo. That's why we chose her. Um, Discord. So. It's a bit of work to do to manage the Discord, and we're not always on uh, checking it. And definitely, it's better for a bigger community. But um, feel free to message us on Discord if you have any questions. I definitely check it all the time um, for any news items for other Duelings communities. So we have our tags here if you want to send us a message. Yeah, I'm not on it uh, too frequently. I mostly just used it to coordinate um, specific events. Uh, just because there's so much going on in uh, the various discords. Obviously, that's why people like it, but it's hard to keep up. So I think if you at me, then I will be more likely to see it. Even then, uh, don't be too upset if, if maybe I'm not the most responsive, but I will try to be a little better about it now that we're putting it out there for people to reach out to us that way. Twitter, though works great for me you can still use twitter um i'm definitely on that too much so yeah you're going viral every day i mean it's just crazy <laughs> yeah i did a tweet about law stuff and it it kind of blew up it got way bigger than i expected it to a thousand likes or more yeah more 1200 now you just, got, you just have a ticker in your hand, right? You're, you're, you're ticking off every time you get a like. Well, I don't like the <laughs> notification. So, like, every time I get more notifications, I have to check it to clear them. And so I'm, I'm kind of keeping tabs on it. That, oh, 1.3 now, actually. So, uh, And I didn't even use any of the hashtags that could have, like, helped it explode. I could have gone viral. I wasn't planning to, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because it's been a pain a little bit. But uh, it's also, at the same time, really exciting and, like, 
it's like, oh, wow, 1,300 people liked what I said. Like, that's amazing. So it's very interesting. All right. So we're moving back to Duel Links content now. This week week in eSports. Let's talk about DK's tournament, MCS6. This happened last week, ended on Sunday, March 4th. And this is the one we kind of talked about how aliens took over. 11 out of 32, the top 32 decks were aliens. No surprise um, that they're busted, sort of. Um, and they're actually a tier 1 deck in the Duel Links meta community. So, there they are. Great ladder deck, great tournament deck. Red Eye Zombie yeah, still around. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I was just going to say, yeah, it's nice uh, because they're kind of mostly a budget. The only non-budget part is that they all run the... Um, geez, what's it called? The Rebirth, Powerful Rebirth. Um, so I need to go in and get those. I think I only have one. But that card's just good, and it's sees playing a lot of decks, so I guess I can get around to doing that eventually. Yeah, they even dropped the Mysterious Triangle. You don't see that much anymore, so you only need to dig into the pack as much, the new pack, for that card. Um, Red Eye Zombie... You know, eight in the top thirty-two. It's never really gone away. <laughs> they 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 just did that one nerf for Spirit, and that was it. It's still around. Yeah, I think the the nerf was actually kind of ideal, though. Um, we don't have any rotation, so eventually, at some point, people are going to get tired of it and want it to go away. And perhaps for some people, that's already happened. But I prefer nerfs where the archetype or the card or whatever is still playable in some sense, but it's not like God. completely un, uh, oppressive or anything like that. So I, I like that they nerfed it to the point where we see it like once or twice every tournament or, you know, a decent number of people can still play it because they still enjoy that deck. And um, But it's not dominating the scene. Right. I think that that was well done until they get until we decide that we're tired of it and then we need to get rid of it <laughs> it might just go away when the new mechanics come like it's just gonna be like good until i don't I don't know how red eye zombie will go away just yeah can't, just can't go away <laughs> <laughs> it will at some point yeah see stealth attack third most appearances in the top 32 no surprises there people are, have been calling for its nerf but um it's one of those decks when it doesn't get started, it sucks, and then once it gets started, you can't win. So I guess it has that balance. Yeah, I we talked about it last week as well. It's a little bit easier to target than some of the other top decks, so um, I think that has kept it in check. When it first came out, uh, everyone was crying about how it needed to be nerfed and how it was definitely more powerful than anything else in the game at the time, and... Um, the former appears to have been proven incorrect, but the latter, I think, is still true. It's one of the most powerful cards slash engines that we've ever seen. Uh, but the fact that we have the Cosmic Cyclone just as a direct counter right there a couple boxes earlier has really helped keep it in check. Yeah. Uh, Glad Beast, Hazy Flame, Dinos, Magnets round at the top 32 you don't see any cyber angels here. That's probably because of the number of aliens in the top 32. Direct mm. counter to cyber angels. All right. Nice. Yeah, so this tournament had a total of $4,400 prize support. 
first place Glading, Balance Aliens. This is a 22 card deck. It's an interesting deck because you have two Alien Greys, which are the low, the low monster that you set. And it does have Anti-Magic Arrows, which you typically don't see in Aliens, I think. Um, there are nine monsters, seven spells, and six traps. Uh, probably to force some balance math for the seven spells, but it's a 22 card deck. Yep, it looks looks pretty standard. I don't know if there's really anything to say besides yeah. that. Yep. Uh, second place, Silverstone, uh, straight to the grave, uh, Red Eye Zombie Dragon deck. Pretty conventional deck as well. They this one last week we talked about the three dragons. This one goes back to the two dragons. Uh, Cosmic Cyclone is not really a side anymore. It's in the deck. Four sea stealth probably, twenty two card deck, anti magic arrows in the sideboard though is interesting. Um, it kind of it's an unexpected thing for red eye zombie dragon. Yeah, that's uh, kind of interesting. I, I guess you're right. the The main thing really is the cosmic cyclone. Uh, yeah. Other than that, it's it's a pretty standard list, I think. Yep. Third place, reg trainer one. This is a sea stealth attack deck with the Mako skill, uh, Mythic Depths. And uh, you've seen variation in the deck. They have three legendary fishermen in the past. This one has none. And in, in, in lieu of it, they have Gishki Ariel, and also Gishki Chain and Gishki Beast. Yeah, so I love this innovation on this deck. Um, the The plan appears to be that you set a aerial on turn one, and then it gets attacked into and flipped, and it actually has decent stats, so maybe it doesn't even die. But um, if it does die, then you can get. And if you have, sorry, <laughs> if it, uh, you can flip it up to get either the chain or the beast, and the chain can help you find the citadel whale but you're running three of them. So if you already have the Citadel Whale, then you can get the Beast. And if you play the Beast, then that's a guaranteed summon for your Citadel Whale because you play the Beast to either get back your Gishki Ariel, or um, if it survives, then you don't need the Beast and you can get the other one and fix your draws going forward. Um, so using the Ariel to tutor out whichever one is more appropriate so that you can get your citadel whale online as fast as possible just seems like a really strong play and this is one of the few decks that can use we talked about gishki chains um how putting things in order on top of your library or deck um is especially powerful with shuffle effects because if you only have one or two cards that are relevant in those three, you can draw that one or two and then shuffle away the other one or two that you don't want. And this is one of those decks that actually has those shuffle effects because uh, of the Citadel Whale's effect. And um, it has a Warrior of Atlantis, but the Legendary Ocean's actually only in the side deck, which is <laughs> yeah. a little bit interesting. Uh, but the same idea with the Warrior of Atlantis where you can do that shuffle to get rid of bad draws. So I really like this innovation in the deck building. And Gishki Ariel, if you did not remember, is a card from the DD Tower Water. 
And if you missed out on that event, you should grind this event because they give you a pack from the uh, DD Tower Water and the rewards. So definitely hard to get. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. I don't know if I have any. <laughs> yeah, I played that event so much. The water event, I definitely have three. But I don't have enough of these other cards, so I can't play it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still only have one. I, I didn't mention it at the top, I think. I forgot to. I finally opened a Sea Stealth Attack last night while I was writing. I had just typed that I haven't. I still haven't opened a Sea Stealth Attack when I finally did. So um, I still need... I'll I'll probably play with two because I don't think I'm gonna buy through the box again. But um, I'm I'm probably gonna have to wait for that second one. Yeah, you're in the same boat as me, and I only have one, and I haven't bought the box in like two weeks. So. <laughs> that puts you in a better boat going forward because I'm at no gems. <laughs> uh, this event gives pretty good gems, though. I felt. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a nice way to refill the. Um, I got a little bit from the Glad Beast event as well, but it wasn't a ton. This one's doing a little better already. Yeah, I think I made like 500 yesterday, just in one day. 500 gems. Nice. Uh, another third place winner, Nohara Hiroshi, played a dinosaur deck of 21 cards. Um, you've got the same nine dinosaurs you always see. There's no Shingzen Hu, though. I guess um, it sucks against Sea Stealth Attack, so there's two Cosmic Cyclones in there instead. Yeah. Yep, we uh, will see in one of the following tournaments that that kind of seems to be the way that this is going. Uh, both of these lists, actually, the third, fourth, and the one we just talked about. Uh, well, both the third, fourths seem to be the way that those archetypes are, are moving. So uh, it's interesting to see that slight shift in the meta. Yep. Um, so that's the MCS. They also had the Weekly 10, which happened on Wednesday. First place, N.A. Lynx, I believe his name is. Um, made a joke about it because he's from Japan, and he's called N.A. Lynx. Um, but he his his first place deck is the Mythic, deck, Mythic Depths Golden Flying Fish deck. And this is a pretty standard build, yeah. 21 cards, though. Um, let me see what's different from mine. Well, I play the aggro version, but... The double cyclone is different. I have parallel twister. They kind of do the same thing. And he has a cosmic cyclone. I kind of like the parallel twister. Or wait, which one do you have? Let me pull this up. The one that destroys like your... monster or trap. Yeah, I like that one better. Here it is. That's because I have that one and I don't have this one. So that's just. <laughs> and I mentioned last week how I like that card so much I put it in all my decks. So yeah. Yeah, well, I like your call even if you did have it. Um, but uh, like we said at the top, this is a fairly standard list. Uh, the one cosmic cyclone and then one more in the sideboard is just yet another nod to the power of sea stealth attack. Everyone kind of has to run those either main or sideboard now, um, which could be, uh, could indicate a problem, but it, you know, it is where we are now and I don't think it's a problem yet, but maybe if it goes on for too long, uh, Konami will feel like it is. Second place, it's your boy Eden. This is Sea Stealth Attack as, as well. This is the Gishki deck. Right, yeah. Gishki. So it's um, this is what I was talking about, how both decks in the archetype are going in the same way. It looks pretty similar. He put the uh, two Warrior of Atlantis in the sideboard with 
the legendary ocean. Um, and he only has two cosmic cyclones main and one more on the side. So I think it's not exactly the same, but if you look at their main deck plus their sideboard, it's very similar. Um, just kind of how they shuffled those cards around is a little bit different. What they wanted main deck versus what they wanted side deck. Third place, um, Ghost. This is Gladiator Beast. Uh, Balanced Gladiator Beast. Um, nothing too crazy about this deck. There's the Cosmic Cyclone again. I think they always did run it. They And they run the Impenetrable Attack. It's pretty standard. Yeah, I, I know there's some discussion in the Glad Beast world about Impenetrable Attack. Um, so this is going in that route. It also runs a slightly interesting card, Crevice into the different dimension right. in the sideboard. It's a, it has something I, to do with attributes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen this card before. Uh, declare one attribute and select a total of two monsters with that attribute from either graveyard and remove those monsters from play. So uh, obviously it's better if you hit two targets you want to hit, but it's worse if they only have one because it's required. You need to select two. So uh, it's an interesting choice right there. Yep. It's definitely a card I was looking at when I was trying to think of ways to counter Takini. Like, I looked mm -hmm. at every single card, and I was like, oh, I've seen this card before. Um, yep. And also Yasser, third place winner. Uh, dinosaurs... This is a 20-card list, and again, the Shingzen Hu is just in the sideboard, and you've got the Cosmic Cyclones. Yep, this is the other one that I was saying, the third, fourth, looks pretty similar. Um, it's, it looks like kind of this is the route that Dinos are going these days. All right. So, also, um, Duel Links Pro Weekly number 8. I almost forgot about this one. This took place on Thursday. Heglian Boy won first place. Let's see his deck. 21 card, Bones Res. It has Snipe Hunter, though. Um, previously, I've dabbled with a 24 card Snipe Hunter deck. It's only has 21. Very standard. It makes sense to throw away your zombies to special summon them in the future. The sideboard's interesting, though. It has the Ladybug 2, um, Super Rush Headlong. There's a card out. I can't see. <laughs> and then there's a DNA Transplant. DNA transplant. Yep. That is interesting. I would like to use DNA transplant because I have a prismatic one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I make all my deck building choices too. Yep. All right. Um, so, uh, Kaiba Cup update. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, as they do, they kind of uh, looked at all the stats and and everything for the Kaiba Cup and gave us sorry gave us an update to the Kaiba Cup report, or KC Cup report. Um, it shows popular cards and skills and sample decks, and uh, the rankings were updated after looking at the stats and removing some confirmed cheaters. Oh. So, and banning their accounts, which is always nice. Uh, unfortunately, you know, people like that are just going to come back, but uh, making it harder on them is always nice. So the report kind of gives you a little bit of a clearer idea of the metagame. You can check it out in the uh, notifications. And it's 
Not surprising, though. It's kind of all the stuff that we talked about and that we saw while we were playing in there. Um, based on the most popular monsters, it seems pretty clear that Glad Beasts and Saphira Cyber Angels were the most common decks. Um, there's also a decent amount of Dinos and uh, Hazy. And then a couple utility cards like Sergeant Electro just shows up because he's just good and he's in a lot of things. Um, the skills tell a slightly different story where Dino Kingdom was the second most common skill after balance, which kind of makes it seem like these other decks, and, and we know this, these other decks haven't all decided on which skill is best for their deck. There's a little bit of a divergence and playstyle differences and um, difference of opinion as to what you should use to uh, best use your Glad Beast or best use your Cyber Angels. And uh, the last thing that's really interesting is that the stats, uh, in terms of like card uh, frequency and stuff, between stage one and stage two were not very different. Whereas in previous Kaiba Cups, there's been a very distinct uh, difference between the stage one meta, which is maybe like a little bit more casual and open, and then the stage two meta where everyone, you know, gets serious. then everyone just plays the best deck or a counter to it. And this time, perhaps because it was such a wide open meta, we don't really see that. There's no distinct shift over to one deck when we go to stage two. So uh, that's pretty interesting. The last thing is that they give sample decks, and uh, the sample decks highlight pretty much all of like the top um, archetypes that we saw, the ones I was just talking about. And then there's also a couple interesting ones. One is that there's a Glad Beast deck that uses the skill Ojama Go. And that skill, after you... I know burn decks have used that a lot. Or like... Interesting. Just to fill up a slot. So um, the skill reads, it can be used each time your life points are decreased by 1,800 summon special summon an ojama token on your opponent's side of the field in defense position and obviously the ojama token is very weak and perhaps the burn decks use it just to fill up slots so uh, unless like you use tributes or something you can't really get rid of it very easily so it just clogs up your board but i like it a lot in the glad beasts because it allows the glad beast to attack into a defense position monster which is what they want to do uh, so that they can activate their, you know, their tag outs and their powerful effects um, when tagging back in. And so I thought that that was a pretty interesting call. You don't see that very often. And then my all-around favorite deck is the one, it's Duelist I in the um, the second stage, I believe, is where they have all of these. And it's a Bandit Keith deck using baggy sleeves, which is a skill I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, and it reads, if one of your monsters is level five of level 5 or higher is destroyed in battle, in your next draw phase, a normal draw gives you two cards. Ah. And there's no limit to this. Um, I guess the limit is that in this game there's not a ton of uh, tributes or, you know, five, six-star monsters, but... Um, that seems like a lot of value. And he abuses it by using the Earth Armor Ninja, which um, is a five-star warrior. 
that just reads, if your opponent controls a monster and you control no monsters, you can special summon this from your hand. So that's, you know, a five-star. It uses the Hazy Flame Sphinx, um, some soul exchanges, the uh, Flame Armor Ninja, which when it's summoned, it's a four-star, but when it's summoned, you can increase the level um, of a ninja by one, so you increase itself to make it a five-star. And then it's running Red Dragon Ninja as well, which... That's six stars, right? Is, yeah. Yeah, it's a six-star and has some synergy with ninjutsus, but he's not running any ninjutsus. So it's just a really interesting deck that I I love that it's so different and it's something I haven't seen before. And um, I hope to... I'm going to give this one a shot because I like it a lot. I don't have baggy three. sleeves is a, is, a, is a nice lore thing because you think of Banjo Keith, he's not wearing any sleeves, but when he got taken over by the Rare Hunters, that's what his skill was. It was underneath his sleeve, like another card. There you go. Yeah. Um, the the only problem with this deck, uh, in terms of using it, is that it runs three soul exchange, which a lot of people don't have. Um, so we'll have to figure out some alternative to make it work for us. Sweet. Yeah, I did notice my rank went up by two. So um, there are two cheaters ahead of me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, that's good. They got rid of two people, but they made it sound like it was a bigger thing. <laughs> so that's funny that they're only cutting a couple people from each region. And that is global, too. So I guess the instance rate of cheers is kind of low. Well, I don't know. That's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, that's a really good thing. I mean, we talked about that when the event was live, that it didn't feel like there was a lot of cheating. So I'm glad um, that it kind of appears that way as well. The new week campaign. Okay, this was a bit of a letdown, obviously. Um, we were getting this message about this shiny pack we've never seen before. And it's going to happen every Sunday on, in March. And we got one card. And I conducted a straw poll on Reddit. And there were over 140 or 150 respondents. And 68% of people got an N. 24% got an R. 4% SR. 3% UR. And um, the cards were pretty bad. Someone got a Viacroid before Cyrus arrived. That was funny. Um, I can't believe the, people got like URs and SRs. It's I like a rare chance. It has to yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, the thing that I noticed is that all the cards are unobtainable. They're from like past events, lotteries, or even beginner cards. A lot of people got like the Fiend Calligrapher or the Goblin Calligrapher, and um, that kind of sucks. <laughs> you got an N, you said. Yeah, I got an N. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that I had 22 copies of it. So, obviously, both because it's an N and because I already had 21 other copies of it, I wasn't particularly uh, excited about it. I got a Multiply, which um, you could redeem with an R ticket, so that's something, I guess. It makes more Karibos. That's what it mm -hmm. does. <laughs> and, and then you can make them explode. Yep, because they explode on impact. Um, the I have a question for you. Do you think it was worth doing at all? This thing, like it, it's it's a bad perception thing. Like I don't know if it was worth doing at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I think it would have been better to maybe do a full pack. In I 
I'm not sure. I agree. It it seems like a really big letdown. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they were hoping, but I don't think I saw anyone particularly excited about this. And yeah. All of the memes for that day were about it, like giant letdown and stuff like that. People, um, I guess the only good thing is if you're a new player and you missed out on a card from a past event, you can get it. But the RNG is just so high. Like, what are the chances you're going to get a Masked Beast that you really wanted? Like, you're just going to get some random end card from the ev- mm-hmm. from some other event or something. So, it's hard to say. Yeah. We got three more shots, and we'll see what we get. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's better this tomorrow. Hopefully. All right, Truesdale. Cyrus Truesdale's here. Uh, roaming duelist. He's a main character of GX, so we do expect him to come back in the future. And hopefully some better Viacroids. Yeah, these uh, these ones the first time around were not particularly impressive. So it's I agree. Hopefully we'll get something cool if he actually when we actually get him. Have you farmed him? I have not. Uh, that was part of my week of not playing a ton. I've just been auto dueling him. I we always tell people not to do that. Um, <laughs> but I felt okay with it because of how bad these cards seemed um, and just because I had other stuff going on. But I will farm him for the remainder of the time he's here. So why don't you teach us how? It's not easy. Um, so I've used two different decks. I don't know why I did this. I, I think one of them because Jaden had restart and no one else did. <laughs> um, and you have to beat him with Jaden uh, for certain rewards. Mm. So... This is a Turbo Draw Red Eyes. So, three Red Eyes Dragons and three Red Eyes Zombie Dragons and a Wyvern. Luckily, I have a Prismatic of each, so it kind of helps my points as well. Um, you got three Insights, two Spirits, Cards of the Redstone, which helps you draw, and Gravekeeper's Vassal, Union Attack, Secret Pass, things like that. So, you basically just draw a lot. And you have to destroy his Defense Monsters. Um... Yeah, you basically get two dragons on the board, and you're a vassal. Um, you put Tribute to the Doomed. I put a Tribute to the Doomed. It's not a conventional build, but it helps destroy his big monster. Um, yeah. There obviously are many problems to the deck. He has very good cards, um, like Shield Crush, which destroys any defense position monster. He has no entry, which switches everything to defense mode. He has a lot of t- uh, tricks. I see. So they built him so that he's hard to yeah. farm. Right. So maybe my plan of just auto dueling him wasn't so far off anyway. <laughs> his his drop rates were generous though. Like I'm just missing one card. Oh, that's good. Like I've got everything. I just have two of a trap card that I maybe want three of. But um, even with this inconsistency, um, it works. And also, I used the Wing Dragon of Ra. And this is a stall deck. Use Temple of the Mind's Eye for damage mitigation, Kasei for healing, and Massive Morph. So what you want to do is Massive Morph one of his monsters that you know he's not going to fuse. Sometimes it's even the fusion monster. So you get 6,000. He hits into Kasei so you drain, you gain life each turn. And I have three defense draws. Uh, I don't know how I got three, but I have three of them, so it helps you draw and stall. <laughs> um, 
Finally, use Cosmic Compass to summon three guys on the board. Emergency Provisions, destroy your Cassettes and the Temple. It's important to destroy the Temple. Um, double Summon, Wing Dragon of Raw, drain all your life points, and hit one of his monsters in attack mode. There you go. Um, so those, those are interesting techniques. I'll have, to, I'll have to try one out. Yep. Um, are any of these cards worth talking about? Let's see. <laughs> Inverse well, Universe. Yeah, which one's that? Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. Sure. Yeah, maybe. It's a trap card. Switch the attack and defense of all face-up effect monsters on the field. So this is the card I only have two of. It's kind of like Sword and Shield and Curse of Anubis in one card. Um, I could see it being in something where you... Some kind of tricky deck where you get like high defense monster and they hit into it and trick them. I don't know. Yeah, I could also see like just as a combat trick maybe. Um, I guess since they're attacking and you need it to be... you Like you said, it would be in that same deck. But you can use it, I guess, offensively or defensively, where either they're attacking into your dudes um, or you are uh, attacking in for lethal. This would be particularly funny with uh, Big Shield Gardna yeah. because th- they attack in, they take some damage because his defense is bigger than almost anything, and then they attack in again thinking that they're going to clear him, but instead they run their dude in to a bunch of damage and uh, probably lose their dude and take a bunch more life. That's my favorite um, plan for it. You could possibly do something with Titan Showdown, too. Like, there's that Rex deck with Titan Showdown where they hit into the um, the uh, elemental gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a very niche scenario that, that might beat you once in a while. Yeah, I think... Generally speaking, people are probably just going to stick to cards like Windstorm of Etiqua and, and for defensive plays and uh, Wall of D. And then if you want combat tricks, uh, we haven't seen like Metamorph in a while, but that's like the type of card I think that is probably better than this. So it's interesting. I don't know if it'll see any play. Probably the best of the bunch here, though. Yeah, you got Express Droid, it draws you two cards. I mean, gets you two cards from your graveyard. Supercharged, you draw two cards, um, but you have to play the Roids. I mean, the the cards he uses are a little bit better, like Truck Roid. Um, and then the Drilloid's good too, but you don't get those cards. It's possible yeah, like, I... they're just like one-ofs in the future. Yeah, it was like, if he... If we get more roids, then maybe you will be looking back on this and being like, oh, I wish I'd gotten more the first time around so that I can play these good roid cards now. Uh, but, like, the pair Cycroid is, seems really bad to me. Yeah. Um, the Ambulance is really bad. <laughs> Submarine isn't, like, there's pretty much no use for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, like, super bad like the other ones, but there's just, like, no use for it. Um, so, yeah, there's just really not a lot going on in this archetype yet. Yeah. It, if you do want to play Roids, it's going to be some other ones. <laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> or you're going to be playing in, in casual or at a ranked floor. Yeah. Um, 
So that's enough about Cyrus for now. He's he's still around for a few more days. DD Tower Earth Wind. Um, yeah, I've been playing this event, and as I mentioned before, it's a good way to get uh, new cards, the some of the water cards, and also gems. I've I, I I guess I played more than I wanted to say I want. I played I I got to rank I got to level twenty five I think yesterday, <laughs> and okay. I made five hundred gems. So nice. I don't. I'm almost certain I'm not there yet. Um, I don't know exactly where I am, but I just beat the uh, second big boss. I think that's twenty. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm not too far behind you. Um, a good amount, I guess, because there's three in each floor now. But um, it's been it's been pretty good. I've just been auto dueling the event um, the whole time, and then I'll go back and do special like specific challenges or right. or something. Um, to get more of the poles, but so far it's been going pretty well. Only died a couple times doing the auto duels, so you know it's working. Yeah, they didn't mess it up, so it's foolproof this time. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, one of the interesting things is for the uh, DD Trader thing, um, when you reset it after there's after you've pulled a few times, it says when there's nine or fewer uh, options left in it, then uh, it goes up. the The value of things goes up. There's a higher chance for a foil card. Th- they say, yeah, foil card. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had to buy through all of the first one, the first uh, set, because I didn't get the UR. I mean, I didn't mm. get the Des Vol- Volscraft, and that was the last card. So then they told me, whatever. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy through the first set as well because my, let's see, I went through a lot, uh, but the remaining things include two of the, like, uh, the packs things, and then the one SR, yep, the Volsgraf as well. So I'm going to have to potentially be in the same boat. Um, let's talk about some of these cards. Windrose. So Windrose is the wind uh, elemental lord, and you have to have exactly five wind monsters in your graveyard. That's tough. I thought it was at least five. Yeah, that was the problem. I saw... (laughs) So uh, we were talking about things like Grass is Greener, Magical Merchant, uh, Altitude Knight, uh, which is the Dust Knight, I guess, for wind, probably. Yeah. Um, But those things, the altitude night works, but the other two are a little dangerous because you need exactly five. So you need those cards, and either to build your deck like specifically with exactly six, I guess, wins or something, um, or some way to remove, to banish things from your graveyard, which there are a couple options, but it's just you're jumping through a lot of hoops to get exactly five into your graveyard. It's going to need a beacon of white precision like to get five <laughs> yeah we there's there's ways to do it i'm sure we're going to see something on youtube or something about it but it's just not uh it doesn't really beget itself to competitive play this doesn't seem like a high level pvp thing yet no not at all des volscraft a six star dragon with 2,000, 2,200, 1,700. If it destroys a monster by battle and sends it to the graveyard and inflict 500 damage to your opponent, each time a normal quick play spell resolves, this, game, this card gains 200 attack for the end of the turn. 
Um, it's kind of like White Horn Dragon. It kind of gets attack, but it doesn't fit anywhere, unfortunately. It could have some f like farming use if you're running some deck with like a lot of spells, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I like that it like kind of gives you that double bonus, but I agree it's not really going to see any play at this point. Kanoichi, uh, Wind Warrior with 1,800 attack, 1,000 defense. When control of this face of card changes, its new owner discards one random card. So you could just like give it to your opponent and they, they lose a card. Other than that, it's like it's like a card you would put into a warrior deck. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's like if they econ it, or they don't want to econ this, um, but obviously they can see it because you can only econ face up things, so they would have to, like, they know what they're doing. They know what they're getting into unless they just decide not to read it. So they would either avoid the downside or decide that it's worth it. So it's, a, it's an interesting idea, but there's not a very many donate abilities to really like abuse it or anything i actually have three of this already in one day i don't know how i got three of this card but um yeah i'm, I'm, I'm just gonna build a deck once i get to king of games just to give this card to people <laughs> that's and then like there's that too like what's the end game after you've done that you've given them a moderately statted monster at the cost of one card of their hand but you probably had to pay one card out of your hand yeah. to donate it so it's really you're not even getting any advantage you're probably still getting disadvantage um i guess you would do it with um like mystical box or something right yeah mystic box so so that it's not like all downside but it it's interesting i i definitely this is another card that probably sees some sort of um shenanigans youtube deck or something like that about it but um, I don't know if this one's ready for prime time either. Uh, Rock from the Valley Haze. This is just the card you would discard, and then it comes back to your deck. Not very useful because it needs a tribute to to get on the field. Right. So as it would probably be used, it's effectively the same as other cards like the uh, what's he called? Outstanding Dog Moron. Yeah. And the sort of deep seated where pretty much the entire point of it is to make it so that you can't uh, deck out. And we already have a couple of those, so uh, it's not really valuable in that sense. But, it, you know. I guess it could okay. be an extra, because you don't have three swords of the deep seated. Yeah, I guess if for some reason you need more, or you just don't have any of the Swords of the Deep Seated, or um, the Muron, then sure, you can use this. You're going to get one pretty easily in this event, so might as well. You know, this is an option for the people who need that. And I guess if you're playing that stall deck, and your opponent's wide open, you have this 2400 attack guy that could just win you the game, I guess. I'm being too optimistic here. Yeah, I doubt that would ever happen <laughs> just based on the way those decks play. But you're right. There's, It's potentially there. All right, I can't speak French, so forgive me. Maldolish Chevalier. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a, a warrior with 1,700 attack, 1,300 defense. When this card you control is destroyed by uh, your opponent's card by battle or effect and sent to the graveyard, you can shuffle it into your deck. 
Your opponent cannot target face-up Maldosh monsters you control for attack except for this one. So I guess it's interesting to have concept like fatigue because they just go back into the deck. Yeah, it's a it's a weird little archetype. Um, we see it. We're facing it in the tower. Uh, you see a little bit of it. I don't think it's particularly strong, but it's interesting. Yeah. Maldosh Krafsasant. Um... 1500 attack, 1200 beast. Has the same ability where it goes back into the deck. But then it has an ability where you could target a Maldosh card and send it to your hand and increase this card's level by 1 and its attack by 300. So it's not that useful because you kind of like minus 1 on the board. But the level manipulation is interesting if you're building some kind of beatdown thing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. With the beatdown skill or... I don't know. This isn't a beater, though, so that... That doesn't seem to really, like, match very well. Um, perhaps there's a couple of those cards where you can, like, transform things that have of the same level or yeah. or whatever. So maybe something with that or with uh, Mokuba's skill that does the same thing. Um, I still don't think that this one's really going to see much play either. But there's you're right. There's some interesting kind of things to do there. Um the going minus one on the board is a bummer because it seems like the way that these cards want to work in the fatigue is that you just kind of make a wall of them and you, I guess ideally what you would do is you'd like massive morph, no, massive morph doesn't work. You would uh, use, what's it called, the mask so that th their two yeah. slots can't attack and then they only have one slot to attack with. And then you just play one of these guys every turn in defense position and they just attack into it every turn and just never get through. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the ideal situation for these. Um, that sounds like the worst way to win a game and the worst way to lose one, but I think that might be the plan. Um, and I don't think that going minus one on the board is helpful for that because nope. you want to stay ahead of the number. They're attacking every turn in that situation, and you want to have at least one guy for every attack. Last one's Maldolsh Chikolates. Um, this one is 800-1500 Beast. Same ability where it goes back to the deck. And also has an ability where um, once per turn when the battle position of a Maldolsh monster you control is changed. Uh, while this card is face-up on the field, you can target one monster in the field and change it to face-up defense. If it's not a Maldolsh monster, it can't attack and its effects are negated. So yeah, this kind of fits into what you said about how it just leaves a monster on the board and they do nothing basically right there we go i forgot that this one was next yes this is another way to do that same thing so i guess there's some internal synergy within the uh the little deck there so that's nice i like that it works um the effect or the way that it wants to do it it locks the person defense position? Is that what we're thinking? Or is it? can the person just switch it back next they turn? They just can't attack. Their monster can't attack. Okay. So they can't attack forever. And they have yeah. no effect. Yeah. I like it. I guess if you're going to try to make this deck work, you're definitely going to want the Chicolates. I guess they're trying to make like a cute cancer deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that you can't be mad at it for how yeah. terrible it is because you're seeing cute guys and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
new card trader cards. Three new cards. One of them's pretty interesting. Uh, Swamp Mirror. This is a UR uh, spell monster. It's a trap monster. Activate this card by declaring one monster type and one attribute. So you get to select a monster type and attribute. And you special summon a monster with four stars, 1,800, and 1,000. Um, and obviously, you've got synergy with monster type and attribute. If you have like a fusion you need, or some kind of board synergy, it works. The controversy was someone tried to make this a divine beast, and they did not get the dual assessment for it. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this card is worth it. Um, and in, uh, until proven otherwise, I'm not really going to be seeking this one out. Eighteen hundred, one thousand isn't uh, like particularly standard. good stats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's kind of like the standard, and we have we definitely have some cards and skills that worry about um, types and attributes, but there's not a ton, and they're not like super powerful, like shaping the meta. So I don't think this one is uh, a chase card. And what's bad about it, I think when it goes to the graveyard, you can't use like a graveyard ability to bring it back. It's a trap card, so. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Divine Dragon Aqua Bizarre. This is a 5-star Sea Serpent with 2100, 1500. Once per turn, you contribute one other face-up water monster you control and select one continuous field or Continuous spell or field spell from your graveyard and return to the top of your deck. So, it's got some synergy with a legendary ocean, but I don't think you'll really want the ocean back. Like, it's going to delay you two turns, right? Because you're just going to draw the ocean and then, like, what's next? Kind of. Right, yeah. It's a little bit weird because it wants to be played when you already have the ocean out, right? Because that makes it a four-star. But then the effect seems to be to save you from your ocean dying, like you get your ocean back. Um, and then, like you said, even if you do that, that doesn't seem the best because then you're, you're putting it on top of the deck, which is just so much weaker than putting it into your hand because you're cutting yourself off uh, yeah. a draw. So I think this card is interesting and decent. Um, I still have enough SR whatever they are, jewels, that I, I might be picking this guy up. Um, so far, I haven't been picking it up, though, because I I think it's just under... Like, it, it's kind of on the cusp, and, and I'm putting it right now at just under playable. Yeah, you've got a lot of five-star water monsters, like the Mecha Sea Dragon, which is just an N, um, mm-hmm. that you would play over this guy. Yeah, I think so. Finally, the Dragon Dwelling in the Deep. This is just an R... Uh, four-star sea serpent with 1,700-1,400. Place one ocean counter on this card during each player's standby phase. Oh, to each player's. When this card is removed from the field, all fish and sea serpents you control gain 200 for each ocean counter until the end of the f- until the end phase. So it's got an interesting uh, text removed from the field. So that means graveyard or banish. Um, I guess it gets better when there's more like banish abilities and uh, XYZ and Synchro and things like that, I guess. Yeah, it's also um, like if it's bounced to your hand. So it's destroyed, banished, bounced, yeah. uh, blinked, as it's sometimes referred to, where something just goes away momentarily and then comes right back. 
there's a couple different ways that this might uh, be able to activate, which is interesting. Yeah. Just an R, so probably going to get this card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick this one up just because, like you said, it's easy to get. Alright, upcoming news. The official subreddit of Duel Links is looking for a moderator. I guess things have been going out of control there, so... Um, yeah, go, go apply. Yeah. You can be the next moderator. You are the upcoming news. <laughs> Listener, not not Green Ranger. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be a mod. Um, let's see. Data mined cards... The new next mini box is, is leaked. Rampage of the Forest. Um, let's see. We're not going to go over all these cards because it's not official yet, but there were some cards that definitely caught my eye. Hey, Trunade. It's a spell card. Basically, you return all set cards on the field. Um, set magic and spell tra- uh, trap cards. Yeah, I mean, that seems pretty good. Uh, obviously, you, it can help you in the same way that Anti-Magic Arrows does, where you just kind of can get a free attack in um, because of it. Um, I guess you could maybe use it to um, counter things like uh, the Shin Zeng Hua or whatever, where yeah. you, you want to get your cards back, so you can use it kind of defensively in that way as well. Uh, seems like a powerful card. Yeah, I think this might be a staple. I, like, I guess we've always been stuck in the back row mentality. Um, if this card shows up a ton, I might. It wouldn't be crazy to see like more hand protection. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the back row cards in this game are a little bit stronger than the monsters, and that's why the back row mentality is so important. We just have some really powerful um, spells and traps that we need to play around. And obviously this helps you avoid doing so. Yep. Dark Core is a normal spell. Discard one card, target one face-up monster on the field, and banish it. So it's better than Tribute to the Doomed, I think, because it's harder to get back the monster. And you can even use it on your own monsters if you have some kind of banished thing going on. Right, yeah. So it's probably going to be mostly um, better. Every once in a while, I guess your opponent would prefer that you banish instead of destroy something for them, but um, it's it might see play. A tribute to the Doom saw a little bit of play, so this might see some play. Um, probably around the same amounts, I would guess. Yeah, people are getting frustrated over Snipe Hunter in, in tournaments, like it's like failing them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Memory loss is a trap card. When a face-up attack positioning monster you controls is act. Wait. When a face-up attack monster your opponent controls just activated an effect, except during the damage step, negate that effect. And if you do change that monster to face-up defense position, so it's like divine wrath, but you're not paying a card and you don't destroy the monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's an interesting card. Um, I don't, I mean, it works well with the, the ninja, the grandmaster that I like, who oh, yeah, kills things in defense position. Um, 
there are a few effects that are worth countering just like just to counter the effect. So. Yep. And this set is uh, the the biggest archetype I am seeing is the Sylvan of uh, archetype. So I don't know what I don't know what they do, but we will see the set soon. There is an ice barrier card. That's interesting. A lot of insects. Yeah. yeah. People mm-hmm. are saying Weevil might play something other than Burn, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I I agree. Um, they're kind of in this very niche place in the game um, where perhaps they want to expand it a little bit more. Just like how all of the water monsters seem to be like, oh, Mako decks, when maybe that's not exactly what the designers wanted. You know, they wanted you yeah. to look at other ways of playing with water. Obviously, water is one of the, the central, uh, what is it, type or attribute? Attribute. It's one of the, the central attributes. So they, it's like a huge component of all of the monsters in the game. And to lump them all into one character when you have whatever it is, like 20 characters, um, isn't probably isn't exactly what they wanted so yeah expanding it makes some sense i know the water decks i have seen different characters play it like the sea stealth particularly i have seen like balance versions and things like that yeah i think the sea stealth and the gishki were both attempts to do so to make water be more than just mako and it wasn't even just mako it was all mako with the one skill the the one that puts yumi on the field so i think that this was definitely uh, that last box and perhaps this next one are attempts for them to kind of expand out um, a little bit so that um uh, it kind of adds a little bit of depth to the game i think yep and finally um we learned of some leaked dual skills five skills were leaked and they all have to do with the Winged Dragon of Ra. So it's possible they're uh, Merrick cards whenever we get that character. Yeah, that should be fun. Yep. Except then Our... you have to play the Winged Dragon of Ra, which isn't really a PvP card very much. Yeah, it's dangerous to make that card good. It's just yeah. dangerous. All right. Yep. So we're done here. I'm done for today. We did it. One full year recorded and everything. One full year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up today. You can find us on the App Store, Google Play, Music, Stitcher, and others. Find the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Check us out there. If you want to help support our efforts, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Send us an email if any questions at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger, HS and Deck Tech at HS Deck Tech. Yep. See you guys there. Um, hopefully throughout the next year as well. Yep. All right. See you guys. Bye.